There are actually a whole bunch of different ways to rank your website at the top of Google, depending on your industry. At Exposure Ninja, we've helped clients rank using all of them, sometimes at the same time. So today I'm gonna to show you or talk you through how to get to the top of Google again and again and again and again and again. And by the way, we're also gonna be covering a brand new way to rank on Google, a new feature from Google that isn't even technically released yet, but we wanna make sure that your SEO strategy is nice and future-proof. Enjoy. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm the founder of Exposure Ninja and we help our clients get more leads and sales online. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. One of the ways that we do this is through helping our clients' websites rank better on Google. And for many digital marketers, this is the sort of holy grail of digital marketing because it gets your business seen right where people are most in pain, they're going to Google to search for the solution, they're going to Google to search for the thing they wanna buy, and when they do that, they see you, happy days. So we're gonna be running through five different tactics that you can use to get to the top of Google. And if you wanna see the video version of this, then you can head over to our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube and search Exposure Ninja, get to the top of Google again and again, and you'll see the video. Okay, the first strategy or first tactic we're gonna be talking about is something called page boosts. Most marketers think of their website as one thing, right? They wanna rank on Google, right, we need this whole thing to be ranking better. And yes, there are site-wide signals that can impact the ranking of all of the pages on your website. Sometimes, for example, you want your homepage to rank for a particular phrase. I'm looking at one here, we've got a client that sells takeaway packaging. When you search for takeaway packaging, they are number one, great. But actually, Google sees your website as a collection of loads of individual pages, and each of these individual pages have a chance to rank for a whole variety of different phrases. For example, so say that you search for common assessment standard. Now, this is a type of assessment that construction firms can go through. We've got our client ranking, in this case, position two for common assessment standard. But we've also got them ranking position four using another page on their website for that same search. So as a potential searcher, you're seeing, well, you've got, we're running an ad, so we've got top position in ads, uh, we've got position two organic, we've got position four uh, in organic as well. So of the first five results of the page, we've got three of them, which is an incredible result. So how do you actually do this? Well, sometimes creating new pages to answer a related question to your term is the thing to do. Sometimes, Creating new pages to serve a different intent is the thing to do. And that's what's happened in this case, where common assessment standard is a fairly broad term, which can either be commercial, i.e. someone searching because they want to buy common assessment standard accreditation, or it can be informational, i.e. searched for by someone who's looking for more information about this topic. When we look at the search results page for this particular phrase, we can see that Google actually doesn't know fully whether this is 
an informational or commercial intent. And in all likelihood, there is a blend of intent from the searches anyway. So it makes sense that Google would want to show pages which serve an informational audience and pages that serve a commercial audience. So what we've done is we've created two separate pages on the website, one to target the commercial search. This is their services page, if you like. And then we've created one to target the informational search. This is a blog page that gives loads of information about this topic and isn't trying to sell the user anything, but just looking to generate a lead. So what we do here and how the whole page boost thing works is when we're analyzing a website, we'll look for those pages that are maybe ranking not in the top positions, but could be pushed a little bit higher. So maybe positions, say one to 10, if, if they're, well, not one to 10, but two to 10, maybe we might be looking to push them up into the first few spots. Otherwise, we're looking for pages that are in positions, say 20 to 40, which we think that we can get onto the first page. We then look at these pages on an individual basis. So how does the content on this page compare to the other pages that are ranking really well for this term on other websites? Is, for example, the content on those other pages much more detailed or uh, maybe it's less detailed, maybe it's shorter and more concise? Are there more examples, case studies, and first-hand experience that we can add to this page? Is the site loading and is all the technical SEO in place as well? Do the backlink profiles of the pages that are ranking appear to be very different to the page that we're trying to rank? For example, do they have loads of really high authority, good quality, industry-related links? If they do and we don't, well, we know what we need to do to close that gap. So this is all about looking at the individual pages that you want to rank and seeing if there are opportunities for them to improve in their ranking. Our goal, whenever we're doing a page boost, particularly if we want to get multiple pages ranked for the same search, is to make sure that each of the pages that we're trying to rank is the most suitable page for that topic. Make it really deserve to rank. What you don't want to be doing is trying to rank a page that is, you know, very obviously worse than the stuff that's already ranking. That's, you know, right, you've got, you got a horse race, you're entering this thing that's like practically lame and can't really see and is a bit slow and has a propensity to fall over when it touches grass you're not going to win that race. You need to be entering the race with a horse that you think, right, we can actually win this thing. And you need to be thinking about the same thing with the pages that you're trying to page boost. Okay, the next way to rank on Google, this is using Google's new SGE or search generative experience functionality. This is a new AI search engine that you may have heard us talk once or twice before about that Google is putting, it's embedding it into its search results. Now at the moment, the time of recording this podcast, this isn't live, but Google is testing it and we've just heard that they're going to be rolling it out to another 120 countries in the coming weeks. So we know that Google is incredibly bullish and that this is coming. Now I'm just going to talk you through an SGE search results page if you haven't uh, if you haven't seen one yet. But remember, by the way, you can go and have a look on our Exposure Ninja YouTube channel if you want to see the video version of this. But when you search for something like, I'm looking at here, Sheehan Marketing Strategy, and I've got a generative AI section at the top, which is aiming to give me an overview of the Sheehan Marketing Strategy. It's pulling out some different topics, and there's a whole bunch of links uh, that are, you know, sitting underneath each of these, each of the components of the answer, if you click a little drop down icon. But the main area that we're most interested in for SEO is what we're calling the carousel links 
in the right hand corner. So if you're imagining the search results page on desktop, on the left hand side, you've got the generative AI answer. And then on the right hand side, you've got a few links with a featured image where people can click to go and find out more information. And it's those links in that place that we really want to get featured. Now, SGE has some slightly different rules to a regular search. We've noticed that it's much easier to get ranking in SGE if your page is already ranking well in regular search. But just because you're ranking well in ordinary search doesn't guarantee you the SGE visibility. Even if you have a featured snippet in regular search doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get featured in SGE. There are some slightly different ranking factors. Now we've covered this in more detail elsewhere, so I'm not going to go into loads of uh, loads of detail on this topic now, but basically you want to make sure that um, you've got a concise description of whatever topic you're covering, uh, preferably somewhere prominently on the page, and it sort of matches the information that SGE is publishing. And then of course you need to be obeying all the regular SEO principles as well, making sure you've got good quality links, of course making sure that the image that you're including in your search is very clickable because we want people to be clicking on your website rather than other people's websites to show Google that your page is consistently relevant. The third way to get ranking on Google is through local SEO. Now many brands want to be nationwide and global and that's fantastic, but they'll often have some locally relevant component to their search. Um, and actually local SEO doesn't really get a huge amount of coverage because maybe it's not as fun or sexy as <laughs> sort of regular SEO. But actually it can be a really, really powerful source of traffic. And we're seeing SGE answers include local results. So we think it's going to be something that businesses want to invest more attention into. Now I'm just looking at a search here for personal injury lawyer San Antonio. And really interestingly, Google is showing the organic uh, local list things above any other organic website listings for this search. Now, obviously, there is a local component to this search, personal injury lawyer San Antonio. San Antonio is an area of Texas. But nevertheless, Google isn't showing any website listings above the local results. So these local results really do have pride of place. And I'm delighted to see one of our clients are ranking at the top of these. That's fantastic. So how do you get local visibility? Well, of course, you need to be making sure that you're maintaining your places page, your Google business page, um, you need to make sure it, all of the information is up to date. Obviously, you need to be making sure you're updating pictures. You need to be making sure that you're collecting reviews, preferably in an automated way. So you have emails going out, emails or SMS going out to uh, your customers on an automatic basis. So your staff aren't having to remember to do this, requesting reviews and giving them a link to your uh, business page so they can leave review. Also really important, you've got plenty of location information on your website, making sure that you're getting found and uh, listed and featured in local directories and local publications as well so that you can demonstrate to Google that you are a real authority in this local area and very relevant for this type of search. The fourth way to get ranking at the top of Google is through video. Now video is a really interesting area of SEO because we've been seeing more and more videos appear in the search results over time. Now if you search for um, SGE ranking for example this is a interesting topic because there could be some commercial intent here there could be some information information intent here. What you can see when you actually search for this though is that the second organic feature on the page is videos and there are some videos listed including I'm delighted to report an Exposure Ninja video. And this is a great way of picking up 
that traffic and picking it up in a way that can build a really good connection with the audience, right? This is a one hour video that's ranking. So if somebody searched for this phrase, they click on a few different websites, but then they sit through even five minutes of a one hour video where they're watching me talk through this thing, we're gonna build a much deeper connection with that person than if they just browse the page on our website. And whilst video is a real pain, to be honest, to produce, it takes a huge amount of time, huge amount of resource, and um, you need to have like an entire team, right? If you're just writing a blog post, you can just open a laptop or you can have someone open a laptop and start typing away. If you're producing a video, it's very rare that the person actually in the video is the same as who planned the video, who's the same as edited, published and optimized. So it does require a bit of a village to produce videos. But if you can do that, the relationship and the connection that you build with the people who watch your videos is much deeper than you get if they're just reading uh, text on the on the website. We're also seeing SGE use videos in its search results. So I'm looking at a search here, how to make an RFP. It's triggered an SGE result. So we've got the AI powered result at the top and we've got this video that's embedded and Google has picked out a section of this video, one minute section of this video, which explains how to make an RFP. And you know, it's a, in this case, it's like a one of those animated videos where there's a character pointing at a virtual whiteboard. For some searches, Google has decided that video is by far the best type of content to rank. So if you search for lip gloss tutorial as a very extreme example, I'm looking at the search results here now and I'm seeing that uh, nine out of the first 10 results are YouTube videos. So if you're trying to rank a website for this search, you've got your work cut out because Google has decided that people want to see video results for this search. So it's important to recognize the search results that you're targeting and the search features that Google has decided are the top priority there. And if video is that, you need to go in with video. Now I'm happy to give you some uh, recommendations on video because we do to spend a bit of time talking to different uh, clients about video, particularly if you've never done video before, because like I said earlier, it can be a bit of a pain. A lot of businesses don't really know where to start with video and particularly start if they're trying to produce videos to rank on Google. Um, here's what I'd say. Firstly, find someone in the business who can be a face, who can be the presenter of the video. Your main uh, sort of qualification criteria is not necessarily their expertise. The main qualification criteria is, is sort of you're, you're interviewing for a presenter job, right? So they can build the experience, they can build the expertise, they can take that information and expertise and learn it from the organization, but they need to be good at presenting. Edutainment is a bit of a you know, hype word of education and entertainment. But if you're producing videos which are very informative, but just aren't that interesting, honestly, it's going to be very difficult for them to work effectively. Remember, the goal isn't just to get ranked with a video. The goal is to actually have someone watch that video and want to become a customer. You could also do what brands like Figma and Adobe do, where they work with influencers, not on an influencer marketing campaign. They just get influencers and content creators in their space to be the people in their videos. And they do this not because those people have an audience. They're not even necessarily relying on the, those people sharing that video with their audience. They're doing this because these people have access to the equipment. They know how to make useful, interesting videos, and they have a bit of a track record of doing it. So Figma, we talked about recently, and if you go on my TikTok, you'll see some stuff about Figma's brand advocates. These are people who are employed full-time by Figma. They're salaried people who are basically content creators on TikTok or 
Instagram or wherever who are just paid to make Figma tutorials and show people how to use Figma and these types of things, which Figma then reposts on its own platform. So it's a way of building a video strategy without having to have any sort of in-house capability at all. Now, another thing to say on video is the strategy that goes into making your videos upfront is kind of just as important as getting them done. So the first thing I would do is browse through any existing content that you've done across your blogs, your tutorials, your case studies, any articles that you've produced to see what could be a good fit for turning it into a video. This content should hopefully, hopefully have good keyword research behind it already. So you should have created this knowing that there is demand, knowing that people are searching for these types of topics and knowing that it's going to be a good fit for your particular audience. Once you've done that, have a look on YouTube to see what other type of content, uh, you know, what other videos are out there covering these topics. Pay attention to the quality of the videos, how good the presenters are, the titles that they're using. So are these very search engine optimized titles or are they a bit haphazard? How good are the thumbnails? Are they just like a still from the video or are they dedicated thumbnails? Do you actually want to click on it or do the people look strange or, you know, is there something very horribly wrong with the thumbnail? And what you'll often find is that one or all of these components are really bad. And that can be super encouraging because if you see that, you know, your competitors are ranking on YouTube with some fairly average or terrible videos, then congratulations, you may be in one of the many industries around the world that have nobody who has really got to grips with video marketing and is using it on a consistent basis. You're also going to want to commit, if you're doing video, to reviewing the data. So having a look at things like video retention rate, so that's how long people are watching your video. Are they dropping off in a big bunch after five seconds once they see the disgusting studio that their thing's being recorded in? Or are they watching all the way through and you know looks like they're really engaged? Of course, if you're seeing big drop-offs, you're gonna to want to address that because Google and YouTube are also seeing those big drop offs and we want to make sure if we've got the best chance of ranking that people are sticking through and watching our videos. Now final note on these before we move on. You might not be good at making videos to begin with. You probably won't. Almost nobody is. Um, you might also feel like you need to wait until you're more confident to get started. But this is a sort of a, a false economy type thing. You can't improve if you don't start. So just kind of get started. I was talking to a client the other day. They're like, yeah, I've been thinking about doing videos for a while. I was like, right, let's just do the videos. I'm going to send you a gear list. Let's just get going with this. You need to be doing this. By the way, if you're listening to this thinking, ah, oh, we really need to get our SEO sorted. One of the best things that you can do is request some free help from the team here at Exposure Ninja. We're happy to have a look at your current rankings, how your site is performing around a range of different keywords, but also have a look at what your competitors are doing. Then we'll plot you a six to 12 month prioritized action plan that you can follow to get more leads and sales through organic search, as well as other channels like pay-per-click, improving your website's conversion rate and email marketing. We do this through the free website and marketing review, which you can apply for at exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. Not everyone qualifies for this, but if you don't qualify for it, then we'll send you something else which will be just as useful and tailored for where your business is at. So this might be some free training. It might be a guide that we don't publish elsewhere. Our team would make that assessment based on where your business is at and what you can most benefit from in this state. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request some free help today. Okay, so tactic five, the fifth way of getting ranking on Google is offsite SEO using other people's websites. So you can get ranking on Google using other people's websites. There's kind of two 
uh, themes, I guess, here. Firstly, getting backlinks, getting featured in other people's publications, industry trade journals, if you're B2B, um, or, you know, magazines, news sites, if you're B2C. This has always been a key part of SEO and getting to the top of Google. More quality backlinks shows Google. Yes, Google is still looking at backlinks. More quality backlinks shows Google that your page and your website is trustworthy and deserves that top spot. Right, we get our clients featured in all sorts of publications and it helps their ranking because Google's algorithms use backlinks as a measure of a website and a page's authority. Okay, so that's the first way of getting ranked on Google. But you can also get featured on pages that are already ranking highly. And there are some searches where this is absolutely like the default approach. So if you search for something like I'm looking at the search results for best HR software, and you got some ads at the top of the search results page, then you've got all of the organic results are like best HR software, for 2023 from Forbes. Oh, Tech Radar, best HR software to manage employees in 2023. People managing people, 40 best HR software 2023. Reviewed and compared, 40. Really, you're gonna go through all those. Yawn. Anyway, but the point here is that the sites that are ranking are third-party websites that are listing other businesses. So if this is what's happening in your space, if you're targeting this type of thing, you can contact these publications to get featured if they're already ranking highly. Now, let's be honest, there's going to be some sort of commercial relationship. So when Forbes is listing the best human resource management software of 2023, chances are there is um, chances are there's some sort of commercial relationship, whether it's an affiliate relationship. Uh, yes, it looks to be an affiliate relationship in this case, or whether they have some sort of paid placement thing, you know, whatever right? But getting featured on these sites, knowing that they're already ranking can be one very successful way to do this. I remember a case where we did this with a client. So we had a client that was selling a particular service. We had another client that had a page ranking on their website for best service, right? This for people who are searching for best, you know, whatever this company did. So what we decided to do was sort of join them up and say, hey, you know, you've got this page, which is ranking for best, whatever you sell best, whatever's. So you can get ranked on this page that this other client has. And we sort of uh, brokered the deal between them. And it was very, very successful, a huge volume of leads for the client who was being featured and a great revenue source for the business that was doing the featuring. So that kind of thing can be very effective. You'll also see in some cases a search like best HR software whilst most of the sites are third party so like Forbes type sites there are also some HR software companies that have snuck into this so for example employment hero which is HR software have an article called 13 best HR software in the United Kingdom 2023 guess what they've ranked number one themselves of course but fair play they've got ranking for this best of list yes it's not top spots but it's still going to be picking up some visibility and potentially also picking up some links as well. Now, the reality, anytime you're doing outreach to these types of sites, just like any sort of outreach, just like digital PR, just like getting featured, just like blogger outreach, product outreach, influencer outreach, you're going to get a whole load of rejection. Most of what you get is going to be rejection. Okay, so you need to have strong stomach and plenty of time to do this type of outreach, which is why we have a team of people that spend all of their time doing outreach. Um, you also need to make sure that you're going to them with a compelling pitch as well, not just hey, can you feature us, right? There needs to be some reason, some reason that you're better, right? So if you're trying to compete for one of these, I don't know, maybe you might say, hey, we've done a we've done a study or there's an industry study produced by Gardner, which has found actually that we're the best or we're the third best and you've got these other people listed here or, you know, we're the best reviewed or whatever because you've listened to our podcast episode on how to build automated review collection pipelines. We're the best reviewed HR software in our space, actually. So you really need to be featuring us or whatever. 
So you need to think about this, be strategic, don't just sort of plow cold emails out to everyone willy-nilly, uh, but there can be some fantastic gains to be had. So there you have it, five different ways of getting to the top of Google. We've got page boosts, in particular ranking multiple pages for the same term. We've got SGE, the new AI search engine. We've got local SEO, video for SEO, and also offsite SEO, including getting featured on other people's websites that are already ranking well. As you can tell, ranking on Google isn't going anywhere. Yes, it's getting more complex. There are more different features we haven't even touched, for example, on perspectives, we haven't touched on image search, other things that we could have covered. But the number of different ways that you can get ranking on Google is increasing. And that makes our job as digital marketers or as SEOs a little bit more challenging because we need to keep up with all of these. Each of them have slightly different rules and slightly different ways to optimize. But all of these tactics share a common approach. Firstly, keyword research, understanding the types of phrases that your potential customers are searching for and which features are being shown in the Google search results page. Potentially targeting niche search terms, longer tail stuff that you know is going to convert for you also. Lower hanging fruit, easier to rank for that type of thing. And then of course, the main thing is having great content, great information, having a great website experience and getting backlinks, getting authority websites linking through to your site. We've helped clients generate huge returns on all of these different methods um, over the years. And, you know, five years ago, some of these didn't exist. Five years time, some of these won't exist, but the features will change and evolve as Google changes and evolves and as people's behaviors change and evolve. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Until next time, see you soon.